Psalm 49, verses 16 through 20. Do not be overawed when a man grows rich, when the splendor of his house increases, for he will take nothing with him when he dies. His splendor will not descend with him. Though while he lived, he counted himself blessed, and men praise you when you prosper, he will join the generation of his fathers who will never see the light of life. A man who has riches without understanding is like the beasts that perish. Uh, God and money. Uh, it, it, uh, Nathan, I think that you wrote your uh, PhD dissertation on the subject of wealth. Sure did. Mm-hmm. And so this, yeah. this might, you know, strike you as kind of a, a there's so many places. I, one of my favorite verses uh, or passages in the New Testament is the rich young ruler uh, who is so thrilled to be in the presence of Jesus Christ, uh, who he calls a prophet and a good man. Uh, but when the when he is called to service uh, and Jesus says, go and sell all that you have, it overwhelms him and he goes away in sorrow because actually his belief and his passion and his love was too way too tied up in his money rather than eternal issues that was uh, tied up in one's purpose, you know, as God defines it, not as we define it. So I'd, I'd love to hear, uh, you know, I mean, uh, just one or two of the discoveries uh, that you had in your, if mm. they were discoveries, uh, but it's a very interesting mm-hmm. thing to write a dissertation because it's a issue within the church that just lives from generation to generation. It never goes away. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I really actually enjoyed doing all the research and writing the dissertation. I kept wondering when, it was going to get miserable because I always heard people talking about how miserable doing a PhD was, but I, <laughs> I genuinely enjoyed it the entire four years. It took me, um, but you've asked a really good question here. That's, that's very much germane to what I wrote about you on your title of your, um, devotional here. You said, are the rich excluded? Are the rich excluded? And I tried to explore that because the angle of my paper, the angle of my research was not so much, you know, can Christians be wealthy? It wasn't a spirituality uh, project. It was a preaching uh, department project. And the question I asked was, if Jesus called the gospel good news to the poor, which he did in his first sermon in uh, Luke chapter four, if Jesus called the gospel good news to the poor, then what does that mean for materially wealthy people? How can the gospel, which Jesus called good news to the poor, be relevant to rich people. And I love the way you've asked it. Are the rich excluded? And so I tried to explore that. And, you know, this is way too simplistic of an answer, but the, one of the take home, one of the discoveries, as you asked was, now, wait a minute, the Bible measures wealth and poverty in way more ways than just material or financial riches. So you can have a lot of money, but you can be relationally poor. You can have a lot of houses, but you can be spiritually poor. If that's the case, Jesus is good news to the poor. He's good news to your measurement of poverty. And um, it's interesting to me, so many lines are quoted from that encounter between Jesus and the rich young ruler. 
often the one you just cited, go sell everything you have, then follow me. A lot of people, they quote that, that line, but there is a line in there in that story that's often overlooked. And when Jesus looks at the man, he says, one thing you lack, one thing you lack. That's what he says right before go sell all your possessions. You see why I'm bringing that up? Jesus said he's good news to the poor. So even with the rich young ruler, he was interested in what he lacked. He was interested in his poverty. And what was it that he lacked? Well, it was true love of God. That's what he lacked because if he was asked to sell his possessions and he walked away sad, then he didn't he didn't have a right ordering of things in his life. He put his stuff above God. That's what he lacked. That was, that's what his poverty was. And Jesus can be good news to the poor if we say, ah, that is what I lack. That is my poverty. Come, Lord Jesus, and become the most important thing in my life. Then my relationship with my stuff will be put in its right place. So you're saying that, uh, I, I think it's a very dangerous to generalize about this because uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think we know the hearts of anybody, really. Even our own heart is a mystery to us. But when you embrace riches as your God, you are actually creating a kind of poverty that is spiritual in nature. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not a... Uh, uh, you know, you get up to bat and you hit all the uh, balls out of the home run. We, we're, we have huge limits on us. And we have, you know, uh, we're a composition of, of natures. And one of them is our spiritual nature, which, which um, stayed with us after the fall. God did not take away our capacity to think, think about God, he, he actually kept it, you know, God put eternity in the hearts of men. Our hearts, uh, we're, we're the heirs of Adam before the fall. Uh, but the fall then, you know, actually created conflict for the heart. And so when your, your material things become a spiritual reality for you, in other words, you worship them, uh, it's really separating you from your real spiritual nature that God wants to build up. And it, it leaves you bereft when you thought you were rich. Yeah, it's kind of similar to that verse we looked at a few days ago. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. The idea there is you can be in the courts of, of um, wealth, but if it's without God, then it's, it's, no, there's not much there for you. Yeah, you can have all the nice gold-plated things, but without God, it's not worth spending time there. But one day in his courts, uh, that's where the real riches are. Like it says in Psalm 73, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth I desire more than you. You are my strength of my heart and my portion forever. That's a person who really truly understands the riches of um, closeness with proximity and relationship to God. That's the true wealth that the Bible wants for us.